Hey, Samia. Let's have a matcha talk. Assalamualaikum. So we have our matchas and we are in our comfy spots. So tell me what happened. I, I think that's an interesting question right now because a lot is happening, right? Um, but mm-hmm. this is something that I wanted to just quickly mention and talk about. And there, I mean, a lot is happening. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel physically and emotionally drained by what is happening. And I think everyone. Overwhelmed, yes. exhausted, concerned. Just like questioning life. <laughs> a mixed mass of emotions and everything like that does deserve its own space on a platform. Um, I was actually wondering whether to record or what to talk about with you today, Summer. And then one of my friends sent me a hadith and reminded me of something which just made the pathway clear for me. And it is a hadith narrated by Anas ibn Malik. The Messenger of Allah says, If the resurrection were established upon one of you while he has in his hand a sapling, then let him plant it. So resurrection, like literally the world is falling apart. If that is happening, then do what it is that you have to do, which is good things. Like like sapling means like a little, what is that word for it? Uh, a transplant. That's basically what it means. Like have a transplant in your hands and plant it. And so what is happening outside around us right now is a lot, but the world is not ending. And we have a lot of good to still plant. And I feel that this matcha talk is one good that we can plant. Because we're focusing mm-hmm. on on the self, on the heart, and on the reflections, and on spirituality. On the, it's kind of like the individual journey. And right now, I think what is happening, individuals are affected, obviously, but it's it's part of a bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, Matcha Talk, we, we want to keep it to the individual, to the personal. Yeah, um, without undermining, yeah. without undermining at all the personal work that needs to be done. Because we cannot fix the outside if we can if we have not even addressed what's inside, and there's enough inside in regards to this that we can do to fix it. So I I just wanted to give some space to what is happening and give it some respect. And I think honestly, it is impossible for for me to even give it the proper amount of respect. I, I think some of you feel the same way. It's not possible for us to. I mean, matcha talk. I mean, I think it deserves a whole a lot of conversation. And and I just wanted to mention that that we're planting a seed of goodness and I feel confident in continuing on about that. What do you think, Summer? Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think you've you've said everything and uh, this is, I I think at the end of the day, this is not the platform to be having that conversation. There are many other platforms and we should all be utilizing them and having these conversations, these tough, tough conversations and discussions and and doing our part Mm. uh, in other ways. But I think, inshallah, matcha talk we're, we're gonna keep it um we're not part of that platform yeah i think fortunately or unfortunately i just don't think that that is the case so yeah, yeah. i agree so last time uh, the last sign on this issue i would say is to our black brothers and sisters we got you we support you we make dua for you and you can count on us individually yeah. yes you can count on us inshallah so summer we're meeting for a matcha mm-hmm. talk and we got a comfy, we're in comfy spots <laughs> and we have our matcha cups. <laughs> so tell me what happened. Okay, so this is something that we touched on before. And usually I take things slow. So usually people would have spent a day or two on it and just moved on. But 
it hit me like a week or two later. So this is just how I flow. So um, <laughs> it's kind of so during Ramadan, towards the end of it, I was having a really it was very difficult for me to actually just hold off on food. So I think fasting is more than just food. And then there's the spiritual aspect and then the physical aspect. So it's kind of a two level or two tiered uh, experience mm-hmm. is and that together is fasting. That is Ramadan. That is everything. Mm-hmm. And so I was having difficulty just on the food aspect. Yeah. And so it was interesting because I just and, and I think we mentioned this last time as well. Alhamdulillah, I've never really had an issue with that. But this time, obviously, you know, it really was. Uh, and, and it had been every every once in a while. But towards the end, especially for me personally, it was it was really hard. So it got me thinking what I think we give such precedence to just the food aspect. And we totally forget the spiritual aspect. And I'm going to say something controversial. <laughs> but... I remember there was this conversation one time about the Taraweeh and how people just speed through them. There are some imams and some masajids that just, that's their thing. They want to finish the whole Quran in the whole month. That's that's how they want to do it. And there are other masajids, other imams, scholars, that's their way is, I want to take it slow and really embody and learn and and just take what I can each day it's the whole point for them is i don't want to necessarily finish the quran that's not my thing i just want to learn and embody and and live it and so i think i was having that kind of a conversation with myself that okay there is a physical aspect and then there is a spiritual aspect but the physical was really affecting my spiritual i could not do anything Mm -hmm. It was really affecting because I didn't have energy. I would be spending more time sleeping than awake. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on half the, the fast because you're sleeping for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just a very odd situation. And so I know you've had these struggles as well. And I think we we might have had this conversation. But anyways, that's what happened with me towards the end of Ramadan. And I was really having this conversation. And I don't think I got... A good well I feel like I I feel like I know the answer but I don't know I'm curious about your perspective of it so there's so so in in more clearer terms you're fasting mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that you're you're physically fasting but you are so drained you're not able to focus on the spiritual aspect should you at that point choose to forget about or or choose to not do the physical fast and focus as much as you can on the spiritual fast which sisters already know how to do anyway kind of because i mean usually there's a week in the middle where you can't physically fast anyway so it's not necessarily a whole new eye-opening brand new concept so but this one is you're willfully putting aside that physical thing because you don't feel well and you know there is this religious understanding if you are sick legitimately going to be causing you medical concerns then you should not fast right 
but it's like how do i qualify that for myself that was the issue that i personally i was like i really really don't feel well i feel like i could do damage to myself literally and so i had to have that conversation so what are your thoughts <laughs> this is a big one <laughs> one of the reasons why this is a big one because this is partly a fake issue right mm, but mm-hmm, exactly i mean this individual so you have to uh ask the proper people if you are personally in that situation currently right but mm. i think one thing that's missing from the picture from what you said mm. is fasting physically is also a spiritual act it is a physical act but it is also a spiritual act because it is obedience to allah's commands so fa- if True, if you're yeah. only fasting you're not Obviously. doing anything else you're still doing something that is spiritually uplifting and beneficial let's say that if you are sleeping all the time you're not doing other bad things there was i, I don't know where i heard this so don't quote me on this but it was the idea that if you are going to be doing something that's harmful at nighttime for instance or daytime whatever then it's better for you to go to sleep it is the best of the option would be that you do something good but if you're going to do something bad then just go to sleep that's better for you <laughs> True. yeah so so i think it but no but but at, at this this situation is you are prevented from doing good yeah and it's not it's not a choice anymore exactly and that's where i was same place last year and no, mm-hmm. year before last i was i think probably what you felt during the last of ramadan was my entire ramadan the year before last like mm-hmm. i was like this is not what ramadan is supposed to be about and mm-hmm. and i think that and actually a normal fasting person does not experience that exhaustion I know. So that means <laughs> I we hold on hold on. I do want to preface this a little. I just want to add a caveat. We did talk about this um I think in the in the first episode yeah, in case that, anyone missed it. <laughs> exactly. That we both have medical issues, medical concerns. This is why we're having this conversation. Yes. And again, I used to be fine with the fast and i understand what you just said i never had to think about mm-hmm. food before ever but in the past couple years it's been something of a concern so yes we're not just saying it oh my god it's so be like fasting today if we have a legitimate concern yeah. a legitimate issue and this is why we're having this conversation Yes. Okay. So I realized and and that Ramadan back there that I was like this is not normal. I feel horrible. It's actually harming me and it was harming me. And so the following year, I didn't fast. The entire year, uh the excuse me, <laughs> the entire month of Ramadan, I did not fast. I focused on my spirituality in other ways. And then afterwards, recently, a few months ago, I talked to my new doctor and I was like, "Hey, do you think I'm ever going to be able to fast again? And she was like, yes, I think inshallah you will. She didn't say inshallah, but I felt it in my heart. Because <laughs> she's not Muslim, but she was like, yeah, you should be able to. And alhamdulillah, so I got to the point this year that I was able to. So mm-hmm. so you got to remember that. that. It's not normal to feel exhausted like this all the time. And that means that it is affecting you negatively. They do say talk to your doctor. You know, you want to get mm-hmm. a professional person to say, oh yeah, you shouldn't fast at this point. But me and you both know, like, my doctor was awful before. I don't know about your situation. My doctor, I mean, I, he was like, you're fine. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm not. So he was, uh, he was, I don't want to go on that because I was quite upset. 
<laughs> but yeah, he was like, I don't see anything wrong with you. I'm like, great, you don't see anything wrong with me, but there is something wrong with me because my life sucks right now. You know, so <laughs> yeah. either somebody's missing signs. something and it's not me because I know my life is not okay. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it's you. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not me, it's you. No, 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 it's definitely you. So yeah, I think in this aspect, you could definitely tell and I can relate. I've definitely had this issue. I right now don't even have a legit doctor because I'm done with this system. <laughs> but in, but I think I think you're right. Like you are supposed to technically get a doctor's professional uh, opinion. But that's the thing. I don't even have a regular doctor. But even more than that, it was just from the span of one day. It was just so sudden. Mm. I, I mean, unless I could just call up my doctor, like my bro, be like, "Hey, I don't feel so well. What's happening? What do you think?" This was one of those moments where it was just very, so you know, that, very sudden. So one day it happened that you were like, "Wow!" and then the continuation of the days were equally horrible. It it got a little. I th- I think in hindsight I can say that as time went on, I could tell that I am going getting worse mm. but i at in that moment i was like oh it's fine just hanging there it's only like a couple more days mm-hmm. but then i think on the on the on the on on the tail end of it there were a day or two where i just i recognized i had a moment i was like nope this ain't this ain't right this ain't normal something is not happening mm-hmm. and um on that day i could not and i did not fast and i did feel guilty about it and then, which led to this entire internal mm-hmm. monologue, which was, okay, wait, should I be feeling guilty about it or should I not? Because it is a health thing. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I am still, actually, no, I, I, th- I think on that day specifically, I was able to recognize that now that I'm not uh, physically fasting in that sense, I am awake and have more energy mm-hmm. to put into taking notes, taking courses, uh, focusing on the spiritual aspect of things, and simply because I, I, I now have the energy. And so I noticed the difference, and I was like, oh, I had such a fantastic... And then after that, after after that, I think I just took one day. I, I didn't even go to work that day. I stayed home and ate and focused on spirituality, and that was my... Amazing. That was that one day. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> and then after that, I still finished up uh, the, the month of Ramadan, and it was a, it was a great ending. I needed that one day mm. to um, get back on the food train, mm. I think, is what it was. But, I mean, other things were happening as well, but, you know, kind of just to simplify the matter. So that's that's... I, I think that's a good point that you said. It is a spiritual... Fasting is also inherently... Or the physical aspect is inherently also a spiritual aspect because you're in the obedience of Allah. So I like that. I think that is something I wasn't really considering. But I did still feel a little bit of the guilt, though. Yeah. You know? Because I wasn't able to get a professional doctor opinion because it just happened in that yeah. way. Um, no, I for just, me too. It was so slow, I couldn't recognize the, until it got to that point. The one Ramadan where I did not fast, I did not have a professional opinion. I couldn't have gotten one because no one thought there was something wrong with me. I knew that I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I proceeded with this, I'm going to be in, in a harmful way. And I still had a rough Ramadan. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I still got sick in many different ways. So mm-hmm. so you, mm-hmm. in the end, though, in the end, and I know there are a couple of people who might be in a similar situation as we are. In the end, it's you and Allah alone. You have to know right. what is your... Are you, are you finding an excuse? At the same time, there's that other 
extreme where a person is like literally, I don't know, their back might be broken and they're like, no, I am going to pray standing up like I'm supposed to. And it's like, dude, don't do that. It's going to re-break your back, you know, like, you know, so so mm-hmm. you, there's that balance and you have to know. I mean, th- Islam is also a religion of common sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It is. (laughs) And it is also, it gives you leeway, you know. It's not supposed to make your life difficult. It is a lifestyle, absolutely, but it's not supposed to be hurt yourself. That's literally the antithesis of of what Islam is. You're not supposed to be hurting and causing harm to yourself, your body, mentally, physically, all of that, right? Yeah, find a balance, know your limits, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. and just work within them. And I mean, you have expiation Mm -hmm. for that. So you're not able to fast, then you have to pay the fidya for it. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, there is, it is, there is a clear process. There are options. There is a way. (laughs) It's not an end-all, be-all. I had to tell myself that. But but yeah, that, that is kind of what I ended up on. That was my landing and then i was like okay i think yeah i think i'm not gonna be able to fast today and that because this is the conversation yeah and that struggle is good right like i think it's important to have that because you don't want to be like oh my god i think it's really hot outside today yeah yeah really make sure you're not being yeah because this is this is Mm -hmm. an obligation this is something that we're supposed to do and it's kind of like and i wish we would take other obligations this seriously because missing the other obligations equally equally as harmful and allah says Mm -hmm. that the reward for a fasting person is with allah alone like no one else can know what the reward is because that's something Mm -hmm. that no one can really prove whether you're fasting or not yeah, and then you can't really quantify it or even qualify it even. Exactly. You just can't because, again, there's the physical aspect, but then, which is, I guess, easily observable by others, uh, arguably. But then there is also the spiritual aspect. No one knows your, your spiritual journey. Shoot, that's, that's, that's between you and Allah. I get that. Yeah. So, I mean, inshallah, the, you know, the ones that you miss, you make dua that Allah accepts it and you pay the fidya for it and, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you move on. And if you are, they do say though, if you are able to fast in the future, like for it, you know, if you, if mm-hmm. you know that make you can get better, yeah, then you make it up. Yeah. So that's where but, yeah. that discussion is. an interesting ends. moment. Yeah. <laughs> so on a lighter note, I do have something else that also happened. Oh, okay. Yeah? Okay. So I didn't know this is I didn't know that this was a thing, but I want to say Okay, I'm not even going to say his name because I don't know if this was the name. I just had to do more research on it, but my coworker told me about this person who was in the news and it was a highlight, uh, I think last year, no, a year, 2018 now. And this was, I don't know if you heard about it, but it was this dude who was like 30 years old and he was living with his parents and his parents told him a few times, sat him down, said, you need to move out. It's about time. And he was like, I, I'm not ready yet. I'm planning to and then and then at this time it got to the point where the parents took him to court saying you need to leave and the dude was saying again I plan to but I'm just not ready yet Mm -hmm. and I was just 
so amazed i didn't know this was a thing and i was amazed when i found out it was that this happened but there were so many questions that came up i was like islamically speaking (laughs) oh my gosh like hold on you're supposed to i get it you're supposed to support your parents and parents are supposed to support kids as you know but as it's more about kid as kids you're supposed to support your parents this your parents are telling you you we cannot support you you are a burden to us in the sense that we cannot support you and what parent wants to tell their kid you know i can't financially or in any way support you please find another outlet i mean that's gotta be that that it takes you, you gotta lead up to that you know you got to build up to that so poor dude you know our poor parents they end up at this point and then the dude's like uh, you know i i'm planning to yeah i actually <laughs> pulled it up it's totally for real it is i <laughs> yeah, saw the interview 30 year old man and the judge ruled in a favor of his parents uh then they Absolutely. were like yeah you gotta move out so they were trying to make him room for uh to leave for eight years Eight years. I thought it was five. Wait, wait. But yeah. yeah. And basically, the dude, it's not like he didn't have a life life. He did not have any, I think, uh, what's it called? Any any skills or any labor experience. But he had a kid and he was going through some stuff in that personal sense. And I felt for the guy. But at the same time... <laughs> there was a Dr. Phil episode about this there was one person who was kind of like this and he was like uh you know and, and dr phil asked him he was like hey not endorsing dr phil uh, <laughs> but dr phil asked him he was like hey you uh what would happen if your parents died and mm. he his response was like you know i'll go to my uncle or something and he was like are you Whoa. like serious no, look okay so i think the discussion that we're having is the rights of parents yeah i mean that's definitely one aspect of it i was like rights of parents and then i was kind of feeling it's a personal disservice it's what it felt like too you're not growing that i i don't know i don't know but we probably talked about it the whole purpose of life and all of that you need to uh, you need to grow and experience and learn move forward that's you know like kind of the point of life you're missing out on that bro you're missing out that's why that's another these two things definitely just came to my mind and be and i say this because when i heard his interview the dude was having an issue just holding a conversation with the interviewer if you don't have this very basic skill of just of just having a conversation i mean something is something is happening that's what i felt what what was really sad was the parents actually offered him money to help him move out wow. okay i think this is really weird because probably to some of our listeners who might have very specific backgrounds the idea mm-hmm. of parents kicking the kid out of their home is something that's very controversial. Not controversial, but like, really? I can't believe this happens. But you have to understand different cultures do things differently. Hey, hey, I mean, people kick their kids out once they're 18, and I think that's fine. Uh, but it's... We disagree. I mean, we can't we can have that conversation. But this guy was 30, yeah. and their parents had tried eight for eight uh-huh. years to tell him and support him to have his own thing. Yeah. 
which he d just never did. And at 30, finally, they were just like, bro, it's for real. Yeah, man. no, at a certain time, a certain time, if you're not pushing your child, mm -hmm. then you're enabling their failure in life. You're only going to be alive for a certain amount of time. After that, the kid is on his own. Unless you're, exactly. unless you're a billionaire and you're going to leave. And oh my goodness, where was I hearing this? It was, I forgot. I very recently... I was listening to this and he mentioned how, oh, Yasser Qadi, he did a, a Quran series during Ramadan in which he was covering, summarizing the Quran basically over 30 days. And he's going through, I believe it's Surah Nisa or was still Surah Baqarah. And Allah is advising parents to talk with their children basically and teach them how to handle money. Like mm -hmm. Allah says that, you know, the money that you have is yours. I mean, I'm just remembering what he mentioned. The money you have is yours. Don't just give it to them. They'll be like, here it is. But, you know, teach them how to work with that. So it is a responsibility mm. of parents to teach the children how to be good citizens of the world and do the right thing. But exactly. But if I mean, if the child at this point is a child, adult at this point is like, I refuse to do it. Well, you got to draw a line somewhere. And I stand by the parents in this case. Absolutely. I'm in the same boat. I think this was for me what you're saying. It was just it, this was just a standard baseline point. I mean, there was the parents were not in the wrong because I think like you just said, it was just the time your kid has to move Especially on. Especially a man. He needs to support his family and his wife. He needs to know how to do that. That was the thing, too. He was trying to gain custody of his kid, but you don't even have your own place. That's what. Why is that not your biggest concern right now? That's that's what we were talking about at work. It was weird. But that's what I mean. Obviously, the parents are, I think they were trying to do what's best for their kid. He has to learn the basic skills to stand on his own because parents are eventually one day they're going to leave. And the parent, the kid has to be able to stand on his own two feet. So I... I I was fine with all of that. I understood that. But I just couldn't understand the dude's own perspective. It, I, that's what I mean by it, it just seemed like a disservice to the self. Why did he not understand? What was he going through after all this? Time? And like I said, okay, he may not have professional experience, but his life was moving on. He at one point had a, a relationship with a female leading to this child for some time and then eventually they were not able to make it work together or whatever happened i wonder I why details of it we're not gonna <laughs> yeah, i'm not you know that's if not that the was me if that was me i'll be like i knew i made the right decision when he was in court oh this guy oh, i knew it i made the right choice <laughs> <laughs> that's also sad like i don't know much i don't you know poor guy i don't know what's going on in his personal life bismillah to that but just on a on a general basic level, why you know why doesn't he understand he's missing some basic skills he needs to have? I mean, on the one hand, he's saying, "I know I'm not financially capable right now. I need to be, and I'm planning for that. It's just gonna take some time." And the parents are like, "Bro, you had enough time, you know." And that's that's where I couldn't understand his point. Why really, did he that just makes me reflect a little that bit he's out on he needs to grow. ourselves. Because there are a lot of times where we have an opportunity for growth and we choose to pass it by. We're like, you know what? I'm not feeling that. I This is too uncomfortable for me. This is not the right time. So 
I'm just going to ignore that. And the opportunity just goes away. And you miss this part where you didn't value your self-growth and you just valued this comfortable little bubble that you have and you didn't want to grow and, and now it's gone. I think, I think, <laughs> dang, I think you just said it. <laughs> I think you said what the dude was feeling because he said this. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to gain custody and... My and this was the only during that interview I saw this was the only time he was passionate and able to have a, a full coherent sentence, and he said I was trying to gain custody of my kid or maybe he just lost custody of his kid, and my parents right at this time they pushed this issue and I just could not believe it. Basically, he was felt a little betrayed because he wanted to be in this comfortable bubble that you're saying, but his parents were pushing him out telling mm -hmm. him it's time you know they are able to recognize they're able to see you need this you need this it's mm -hmm. uncomfortable but this is what is going to help you to move forward and and flourish and here he is yeah and he had to go watching the opportunity for it. Imagine the, the finances that goes with that so 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 being in a position where you know that self-growth was not only <laughs> Yeah, was not only available, but it was necessary. You let it go to such a big detriment. Like you, you're now on on, on news. Your face is everywhere. Uh, employers are gonna Google your name. The, your name is popping up as a person who didn't move out. You're in court. You know, like. <laughs> well, well, actually, there uh, there is a I guess a happy end. I guess. Uh, there was one company or one employer that did uh, contact him and say, we know your circumstances, obviously. Uh, I, I want to say it was during the trial or something. My coworker was telling me about it because she has been following it live and she was surprised I never heard about it. So she was telling me and uh, that basically there was an employer contacted him during the trial uh, and offered him an opportunity knowing that he doesn't have much experience and uh, all of his personal things, I guess. Yeah. Basically, he can't. They probably recognize that, oh, my God, <laughs> this dude is in trouble. And they decided to lend a helping hand, and that's wonderful. Yeah. I thought that was props to that company, man. Props to whoever they were. That's a risk. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, you know, my, I think my personal development really, really flourished after I started reading self-development books. And, you know, like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a time where self-growth books were considered like not for everyone, like a segment of a society and they were not something that everyone can use. And then a shift happened where now everyone's all like self-growth, self-help, which is, which is really good too. But not a lot of action is being implemented. But I don't know. For me, though, I remember the first book I read was mm -hmm. Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert. I think I will always remember that book. And it was an audible and I read it and I was like, oh, my God, I can actually be a better person. Like I can actually be better. Like the skills that I'm lacking and I knew the stuff <laughs> I was lacking. I'm like, I'm lacking this stuff and I, I can't get over it because it's just not who I am. But here is like, this is how you can be better. This is how you can fix it. And these are the resources and you just open up that door. Yeah. And yes. Like actual actual steps. Things you can do. Actionable items. 
And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So it was like an addicting, addicting world to get into because you just see yourself grow and stuff. But I just want to say, though, I was in a position where I could do that. I mean, married without any kids, a lot of time on my hands, mm-hmm. you know, then I can be like, okay, how can I become better and stuff? So that was, I mean, I would recommend that to everyone. Like if you have not, if you have not really seen how you can be better than you are now, and if you, especially if you think that you can't get any better, like that is wrong. You can. Allah created you with so much specific things. And then he also gave you the ability to learn new things. So you can. It's totally on you and you can exactly. do it. Exactly. You are, you might be in a, in a difficult position. You might be struggling in life. But there is a reason Allah has put you in that position, bro. Like you got to learn got to grow from it. You got to move forward with your life. And that's the whole point. We got to talk about this one day. The 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 whole point of life. <laughs> I guess I'm not sure if something happens that brings there, it up in your it, yeah, then we can There's talk an about actual it. lecture which is very eye-opening and mm-hmm. I, I think I don't know. It was, I was probably listening to someone else's lecture and they uh, sent us to if you want to learn more this is where I got it from and I was interested and so I googled it found it and heard that initial lecture mind-blowing mind-blowing and the whole thing was what is the point of life which is come on that's a huge subject was it was it by Sheikh Khalid Yassin yo I don't remember or Imam Khalid Yassin I the old old video like old right yeah that I, I remember listening to that it was quite old yeah, yeah, I just remember listening to that in, in my college. And I think maybe for you and for me, it was like a pivotal moment in our life. I, I think I was think it? the show that was talking about it also said it was very mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And it was it was kind of like a, a, a point. You can definitely just pinpoint in yeah. your mind who you were before that video and who you yes. were after. It was such a good for video. Real. Oh, hold on, hold on. Was this the one where he's talking about the... Uh, uh, Adam and Islam and then kind of the creation story and then he that was that was a long time ago so I don't particularly yo remember, I remember I like everything <laughs> oh good yeah that can be a topic for another day because we're getting into 35 yeah. minutes uh, or inshallah. so but, but we gotta <laughs> so talk about gonna... that I think inshallah yeah inshallah we'll talk about it in the coming episodes so check out the show notes to learn more about the matcha talk and you can click on the say salams to share with us your story what happened with you how did you grow any self-help books that you might have read that you want to share with other people and tell us uh, please tell us that you are you are not that 30 year old living with your parents (laughs) and they want you out If you are, we'll support you to get out of it emotionally, inshallah. <laughs> Cannot do it financially, but emotionally, we'll be there for <laughs> you. Inshallah, we got your back. <laughs> yeah, I know it happens. And don't forget to visit Instagram at Matcha Talk. We're active there and we're looking forward to your questions and your comments and whatever it is that you want to say over there. Thanks for having a matcha with us and we'll talk to you next time. Assalamualaikum. As-salamu